Hello to my dearest teacher friends. Welcome to the Beyond Measure podcast with me, Christina Whitlock. I am your host and your self-proclaimed anytime piano teacher friend. And today I wanted to address what has sometimes become a bit of a misnomer in our profession. I'm a little nervous that I might step on some toes today, so sorry in advance, but also if something about this conversation rubs you the wrong way, I would strongly encourage you to dig deeper and figure out why. All right, so with that disclaimer out there, let's get on with it, shall we? This is episode 125 Cheers to music as the ultimate comfort. Before we go any further, I wanted to tell you that, hey, it is Teacher Appreciation Week here in the U.S. And I don't know about you, but by and large, studio music teachers often get forgotten in the whole teacher appreciation thing, right? And I mean, no one loves school teachers more than me, so they can get all the love. That's fine with me. But I do want to do something for us independent music teachers. So I am going to reopen the private Facebook group that I ran around Thanksgiving time. I am changing the name to Teacher Friends of the Beyond Measure podcast. So if you were part of that group last November, it should come right back into your feed automatically. If you didn't get the chance to join in the fall, just search up Teacher Friends of the Beyond Measure podcast and you should find it. My goal is to give my studio teacher friends a little more love there this week in honor of teacher appreciation. All right, on to the actual point of today's episode. Look, it is no secret that private music teachers can easily start to feel like we are counselors of some sort. One of my adult students regularly refers to me as her piano therapy, and another adult student reminds me nearly every single week that I happen to be cheaper than her therapist and even more effective. (laughs) It's a lovely compliment for sure. But friends, it is incredibly important that, all jokes aside, we need to recognize that we are not, indeed, licensed counselors or therapists. Now that I say that, a few of you actually are. (laughs) I'm thinking about Amber, one of my Patreon community members, who is legit a counselor and a piano teacher. So some of you do hold qualifications but most of us do not. Now, do plenty of us feel like we might as well be therapists? (laughs) Of course. We have probably all joked around that our job is akin to counseling. There is something about studying music that brings out everything. Am I right? I remember telling my roommates in college that there was never hiding anything from my piano professors. If I was struggling with anything in my life, it always seemed to come out in my lessons. 
I give massive props, by the way, to my collegiate professors because they hung in there with me through some very emotional years of Christina development. (laughs) But I remember the first time that I was really able to help a student come to terms with her emotions in a piano lesson. I had been teaching for several years already, and I happened to be working at a multi-teacher studio with a student who had only recently transferred onto my roster. She was one of your typical perfectionist-type piano students, you know, really serious, but also friendly and insightful. Well, one day she showed up to her lesson and she just burst into tears. By the way, do you remember the first time a student cried on your bench? (laughs) It's always a bit of a surprise, am I right? (laughs) Well, she eventually unloaded on me that she had received a bad grade on a test and she was really worried about what her parents were going to say. You know, very typical middle school overachiever type stuff. Anyway, we did not play the piano that entire lesson. I just let her talk through her feelings. I tried to offer advice where I could. And before she left, the tears were gone and she threw herself into my arms on her way out the door. She became a very dear student to me over those years that I was teaching at that store. Anyway, this sounds very nice and sweet, right? Piano teacher success story. Well, teacher friends, I actually have to tell you that I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. (laughs) Yes, she left feeling better. And yeah, our relationship was stronger for having that experience. It wasn't all bad. But I missed a really key life lesson for her in that lesson. And it happens to be the life lesson that I was actually paid to do that day. I missed the chance to show that student what a refuge music could be in her life. In all of the listening that I did, and in all of the talking that I'm sure I did, I missed the opportunity to teach her about how music can be our lifelong companion when we are struggling. I imagine all of us have memories of times when music was an escape for us. I'm pretty sure that has a great deal to do with why we are in this profession today, right? I know that's true of me. I absolutely want my students to understand the mental health benefits of playing an instrument, to have a way to express ourselves outside of words, to have a world to immerse ourselves in when we need a break from difficult realities, and to have something that we can plug away at and have tangible success in when we're questioning our purpose. Those are all key realities for young people, and I mean, sometimes not so young people. (laughs) And I do not want to miss the chance to make sure that my students know what a true comfort and a true friend music is going to be for them for their entire lives. And do you know the best way to accomplish this? When your student shows up having a bad day, 
And notice I said when, not if, but when your student shows up having a bad day, you can listen to them. You can let them air their frustration or their concern or their heartbreak. That's fine. That's being a human. But that should not need to take up the entire lesson. It should only need a few minutes, actually. And then, even if your student says, I just don't think I can play anything today, even then, I think you can help them get back on the musical horse and help them see firsthand how much better they are going to feel after spending some quality time with their instrument. Now, it's possible you are hearing this and you're thinking, um, right, that makes total sense, Christina. Who would do anything else otherwise? <laughs> and again, the answer is actually lots of us, myself absolutely included. When we care about our students as deeply as we do, of course, it's our nature to want to help them. So we let them talk and we give them our best advice. But I have to tell you, friends, that can be dangerous territory. I think it's safe to say that at least 80 or 90% of my studio families come to me largely because they appreciate the positive role model that I am for their children. I know they feel as though their children are safe here. They know they will not hear or see anything that they wouldn't want them to hear or see. And by and large, I would say that they trust me to help guide their children in a positive approach to life. But even still, they do not pay me to be their child's counselor. And even though I might feel so sure in my heart that I know what is best for a student, it just is not my place. So I will listen on those occasions when my student needs to get something off their chest. I am a serious empath so I can't help but soak up their emotions the second they walk in the door anyway. So I will be empathetic. I will be a safe place for them to speak. But then, after a few minutes, I will guide their attention back to the piano. We might start with a breathing exercise. We might start with some improvisation. We might start by sight reading something really simple but satisfying. Maybe I'll give them a moody chord progression and let them play it over and over and over as they work their emotions out through the music. But I just wanted to remind you today, friends, that many times the best thing we can do for emotionally heavy students is to bring them back to the music. Talking is great. Knowing you are a soft place for them to land is important. But helping them work through their big life questions at the instrument, that is a gift that we are uniquely qualified to bring the world, isn't it? Let me give you an example. A few months ago, I had a student show up for her group piano class in uncontrollable sobs. Poor kid just broke my heart. After she arrived, her mom texted me from the driveway that their cat had just died that afternoon 
and my student was pretty much just now finding out about it. The mom said she would stay in my driveway in case she wasn't able to make it through class. So I got my other three students started on their assignments, and I sat with my devastated student in an adjacent room. I told her to tell me about her cat. I asked his name and how long she had had him. I asked her if his death was a surprise. Then I gave her a good long hug and I told her that I knew these are some of the hardest days because they really are. She told me that she didn't think she could play the piano that day. And I told her that was totally fine if she didn't feel up to it. But I asked if she was willing to give something a try and she said yes. So I told her to go back to her piano put her headphones on, and begin playing her scales around the circle of fifths. I asked her if she could try to pay special attention to one particular physical sensation with each new scale that she played. As in, maybe she starts with C and focuses on the texture of the keys under her fingers. And then as she moved on to G, she would focus on the strength in her nail joint and how tactily satisfying it is to play a really even scale. Maybe D brought with it a new focus on her breath. You know, how deeply is she inhaling? How long is she exhaling? Then she could focus on how her shoulders felt as she played the A scale, etc., etc., My hope was that she would find some calm and some grounding in this ritual of scales. She seemed willing to try it. After all, she plays her scales with ease and didn't feel like this was some kind of monumental request. So I went on to work with some of the other students in class. And I'll tell you what, it really worked, friends. Her tears dried up and her focus shifted to the physical sensations involved with playing the piano. And she ended up being able to work on repertoire and ensemble pieces that day as well. As a bonus, her mom could simply not believe that she actually made it through the entire class or that she had left my studio without those red puffy eyes that she'd entered with. That teacher magic I talked about last week, you guys, oh yeah, it was flowing that day. Now, look, I am not always that successful. (laughs) I'm actually really awkward when people are hurting. I love words. Words are kind of my thing. So when it's obvious to me that there are no words to make someone feel better, I have a tendency to get super awkward. (laughs) But this one occasion anyway... I'm going to claim this as a big win. I didn't ask my student to ignore her emotions. I didn't tell her to stop crying. I just helped her focus on the here and the now in hopes that she will remember this day when music served as a balm to her hurting heart. Where focusing on a ritualistic playing of scales was able to bring her calm. I mean, that's victory, right? Look, I'm going to leave it there because I just think this is really important. Music is indeed the ultimate comfort, right? And the fact that I get to help people find that coping mechanism, well, 
I never want to miss a chance to do just that. Mull that one over a little bit while I close this out today with a toast, okay? Studio music teacher friends from all around the world. Look, I am not playing around with this idea of teacher magic. And I know, I'm sure there are people out there who roll their eyes and think that I completely overestimate the importance of what we do for our students. But I don't think so. (laughs) The tenacity, the logic, and the commitment required to learn a musical instrument is indisputable. We all know that. And my hope today is that we also never lose sight of helping our students realize why we are doing this. My childhood self thought that playing the piano was just a really great way to get attention and applause. (laughs) I mean, that's why I stuck with it. But little did I know what a constant music was going to become in my life. I didn't know that it was going to be one of my strongest lifelines through difficult times. And I want my students to understand that. So when unfortunate opportunities arise, may we all help our students understand the ultimate comfort that awaits them in their music. I'll say cheers to that, my teacher friends. Hear, hear. I wanted this episode to feel uplifting, but I'm afraid it's also kind of a downer, right? (laughs) Maybe that's perfect for this month of May, when the end of the term feels so close, yet also so far. Am I right? (laughs) Well, either way, don't forget to go jump into the newly unarchived Facebook group. It's called Teacher Friends of the Beyond Measure podcast. You can always DM me if you have any trouble getting in or email me at beyondmeasurepodcast at gmail.com. I would love to help provide some extra appreciation your way via that Facebook group. Thanks for listening today, my friends. The time you spend with me each week humbles me and inspires me to work harder and harder to serve you as best I am able. Thank you for being colleagues in this life with me. Onward and upward, take care of yourself.